Justice is a theme behind a lot of popular television shows right now. Carolyn was afraid for me to talk about more television shows this week because she said, they're going to think you're a couch potato. Because last week you, you mentioned like four, and I promise I don't watch all these shows every week. I've, <laughs> I've got a life. I've got a wife and two kids and planting a church. <laughs> but you think about some of the shows that are popular out there. CSI, all 14 versions of it. Law and Order, all 14 versions of that. Uh, Nancy Grace on, on CNN. Judge Judy, and if you're a little older, Judge Wapner. How many any Judge Wapner people? A couple, yeah. <laughs> I think those shows are so popular because there's something inside of us that, that loves justice. Especially when it's applied to someone else. <laughs> especially someone who's hurt us deeply. It's not such a popular idea when justice is turned towards our lives and our sin. You know, think about growing up. How many of you had siblings? I know Scott had three. He just had a family reunion with them. His mom's right next to him. She's watching him. He's, no. it, yeah, a number of you had siblings. I grew up with uh, Matt and I. Where'd he go? Oh, there he is. You remember when you're little and, and uh, you get in a scrap or something with your brother or your sister and then they get in trouble? You remember how you just sit there and you want to smile a little bit and you enjoy that? But, but when mom or dad's eyes turn towards you, I, I never recall when, when mom was chasing me around the house with the paddle. I never recall thinking, <laughs> boy, I'm glad I've got a just mom. I never recall thinking that. Now, now that I'm older, I'm thankful that my parents took the time to discipline me, but I never appreciated that back then. Uh, think about counseling. You know, if, you, if you've ever been or to counseling or done any counseling, premarital, marital, any other kind where there are two people involved, you know, you could say to, say, the, the husband, uh, you can hear the, the, the issue out and share something with him that you feel like he needs to work on. You try to apply principles of what's right and what's just to that marriage, and you share what he needs to change, and you can almost see the wife, you know, a little gleam in her eye. and She's about ready to call her 10 friends and say, I was right, I knew it. But then you, you turn to her, and, and you apply that same lens of what's just and what's right, and Sometimes you get those dagger eyes, and they don't come back and see you again. <laughs> or it could, it could be the husband, too. I'm not just picking on women. But you know what I'm saying? When it's turned on us, we don't like uh, justice. But, but popular or not, like it or not, you can't read the Bible without coming to the conclusion that God is a just God. You think about that word just. You think about someone that's guided by a, a sense of truth sense of fairness, a sense of what's right, and we serve a just God. Uh, to make things worse, if you read the Old Testament, he set the bar really high, really high, the, the core of the law. Listen to this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your might. If we're honest, if, if we take an honest look inside and evaluate our lives in light of that statement, I think we'd all admit that we have loved other things 
more than we've loved God. We've all loved other things more than we love God. And that is the essence of what sin is, really. It's choosing other things, other people over God. Romans 3.23, all have sinned, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And part of the idea here is that sin in our lives is not small because it's not committed against someone small. Let me paint the picture this way. I, I like to go running uh, to, in a field north of Viewpoint. Uh, during the week, I'll go out there and run. And this week, I went out there and I saw two, I don't know if they were coyotes or dogs, but their heads were chopped clean off. I was pretty sure it wasn't an animal that had done it because usually they eat the whole thing. Just the heads had just been... So I called animal control just to say, hey, you might want to take a look at this. I don't know what's going on here. Now think about this. If they were able to track down someone who did that, Oh, and by the way, if anybody wants to see the pictures, I've got them in my cell phone. For some reason, Carolyn didn't want to see them, but <laughs> any, anybody wants to see my catch. <laughs> Joey raises his hand. It... <laughs> um, sorry, it must be a guy thing. Um, if, if they found who did that, they could get four to five years in prison, possibly, for doing that. Now, Now, let's turn the tables and say, that was two human bodies out there. And they found who did it. What, what's the person who did it looking at then? They're, they're looking at possibly a life sentence in prison. Maybe lethal injection. Why? Because humans have more worth, more dignity than animals. I know the people at PETA don't want you to hear that. But when I read the Bible, humans are created in the image of God. That's what sets us apart from the rest of creation. Now, you take that to the next level and look at God. Okay, God has more worth, more dignity than anyone. Because of that, he deserves our, our utmost respect. He deserves our undying devotion. He deserves our most passionate worship. He, he deserves loyalty without compromise because of his worth. He's the almighty creator. There isn't one greater than him. So failure to love him is no small thing. It's not just another choice that we make. It's not just a misdemeanor. If you really think about all he's done for us, starting with creating us, it, it's treason. And you know what happens to people who commit treason? If God is a just God, he can't just sweep our, our treason under the rug. It, it has to be punished. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Ezekiel 18.4, the soul who sins shall die. The idea here is that there's a holy curse hanging over sin like, like a hammer. If God is God, punishment is required. You go to Galatians 3.10. It says, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. And there's one phrase in there that ought to throw us all for a loop. Did you catch that phrase? Abide by all things written in the book of the law. If you don't, you're under a curse. 
You think about the all things there. It includes actions, things we do or say like, like lying. It includes our thoughts, things like coveting. If I have a, an unhealthy, jealous obsession with something that someone else has, it includes our will. If we don't love God with all of our heart, and you can go on from there. All things. But as we meditate tonight on Jesus... That's where we come to this. Jesus suffered and died to absorb the wrath of God. Thank God his, his love would not rest with the curse. Holy as he is, justified as his wrath is against sin, he would not rest just letting that hammer fall. Listen to Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us, he bought us back from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. By becoming a curse for us. That's propitiation. Now, sometimes you say that word and people say, God bless you. And you say, I didn't sneeze, I said propitiation. Anybody ever heard that word before, propitiation? Let me read it to you in a verse of the Bible. Romans 3.25 says, God put Christ forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. What propitiation means is that God's holy wrath was satisfied as it was poured out on a substitute. God's holy wrath was satisfied as it was poured out on a substitute. It was a substitute that God himself had sent his own son. And here's what I want us to really grapple with tonight. God's wrath did not just disappear. Okay, this is what ought to really move us if we've trusted in Jesus. Maybe even if you haven't. God's wrath did not just go away. Jesus absorbed every bit of it on the cross. It was poured out on Jesus. You read Isaiah, Isaiah, excuse me, the idea is that he was, he was crushed by God's wrath. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in unison decided that this was a price they were willing to pay to make a relationship with you and I possible again. Where I want to close tonight is just to say, do you understand that we shouldn't take God lightly? Do you understand that we shouldn't take his love for granted? Because no, I don't believe it's really until we, we wrestle with how you mentioned heinous with your cousin, that word. Until we wrestle with how heinous our own sin is and how much God and his wrath hated that sin. I don't think we can really appreciate the, the great salvation that we have. Until we realize how unworthy we truly were. I don't think we can appreciate his love. And I want to close by sharing one story of many in my own life. That, that reinforced this to me. Some of you have heard this before. If you have, forgive me. Um, some of you haven't though. And, and it was a wake up call for me. It was when I was dating Carolyn. About 15 years ago. And there were about 
two years of my life where I'll confess to you that that pornography was a big part of my life. And I'll never forget the day. I was hundreds of miles away from Carolyn when it happened. I got on the computer and looked at something that I knew I had no business looking at. And I knew I had to tell her because our relationship, if nothing else, was about openness and, and trust. And I remember calling her and telling her what I had done. We were actually engaged at the time. And I remember the long silence on the other end of the phone. And I remember hearing sniffles on the other end of the phone. And I was very aware of, even hundreds of miles away, that I, I had broken her heart. I had hurt her deeply. And I, I told her I was sorry. But something, something deeper happened inside of me when I knew her pain and her hurt. It, it had a way of showing me how God grieves when we sin. I was a believer at that time. I was one of his children. And I thought about that verse in Ephesians where it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And in her pain, I realized... I, did, I hurt her and God, because he loved me so much, made himself vulnerable to be in this position where he could be hurt by my sin. And, and it wasn't until that moment that I really realized how much my sin hurt others, how much my sin hurt him, and how much he hated my sin because it did those things. But in that, in Carolyn's forgiveness and and in God's forgiveness, after I realized how unworthy I was, I had a brand new appreciation for his love for me. And that's where we're, we're closing. When we realize how unworthy we are, how, how much God hates our sin, that's when we can step back, look at the cross, and really say, in, like First John 4, 10, and this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the wrath-absorbing propitiation for our sin.